Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 471. We're back from Allure of the Seas, as you heard from last week's episode, and we're going to kind of wrap up my Allure of the Seas cruise and answer a lot of your emails, as we didn't get a chance to do that last week. Here we go. Since we didn't answer any listener emails last week, I thought this week we would just answer some emails for this episode, but I also wanted to kind of wrap up my Allure of the Seas cruise. We had to record it on... Uh, very early in the cruise on day three of the cruise. And we had to do so in order to make it so that people, you know, the episode would be out on time and whatnot. And I knew that, I understood that, but, um, you know, we didn't get the whole picture here as it relates to the entire cruise experience. I kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time here summarizing the cruise, about 25% of this episode, let's say, uh, about Allure, and we'll get to your listener emails. And overall, I really love the Allure of the Seas. Uh, You know, I, I think it gets a really bad rap right now from a lot of people who go, oh, it's the unamplified Oasis class ship. It's the worst of the Oasis class ships. It's the tired. It's in need of refurbishment. I completely disagree. I, I I think it's a fantastic ship. I think it's an excellent value. The fact that Royal Caribbean prices it so aggressively compared to the other Oasis class ships is a benefit to everybody listening to this because you're just getting a great deal out of it. I mean, yeah, it's not amplified. It doesn't have some of the bells and whistles that you'll find on, say, Oasis of the Seas or some of the features that are just you know commonplace now on Harmony and Symphony and Wonder. But I really... Truly do not believe that it is tired. I was looking at some, you know, reviews people had posted recently, and I went to the Royal Caribbean Blog message boards, and, you know, someone wrote here, uh, Oasis classes look a little tired, especially in the pool areas. Although we were not sailing with kids after sailing uh, other Oasis class ships, the missing water sites are pretty obvious, and the splash pad configuration definitely needs an update. Um, with, with, with the lure of the seas, uh, I think the, the fact that uh, it has not been amplified is probably only somewhat problematic or more more likely noticeable, I should say, if you are sailing with kids and or somebody who really, really, really likes the pool deck. Uh, the pools that are there are totally fine. I don't know, like, as an example, going back to this comment, because I'm using this comment as an example. There's many like this. I'm not particularly calling out this one person here. You know, but they said that the um, the the pool areas um, uh, are tired, which I don't really know what that means. But they were fine. It's a pool. Um, either there's water in the pool and it's not leaking or it or it's fine. You know, I, I just I really believe that I'd go on a lure of the seas and feel like I was on a ship that like, I don't know, was just screaming for an update. You know, things falling apart or not even falling apart, but just like, it looked like it needed it. I don't know, a generation behind something like that. I remember when I went on Harmony of the Seas as an example, when Harmony first came out and obviously there was only Oasis and Allure. I remember thinking, wow, this is a major step up, especially the stateroom configurations with the look and the layout. I really like that. And that's why Harmony uh, was one of my favorite Royal Caribbean ships for a very, very long time. Um, by that same token, I feel like going on Allure, I did not come off that ship thinking, gosh, this was you know really bad. Now, fair to say that because I stayed in a loft suite on this particular cruise, perhaps my experience is a little bit different had I been staying in a balcony or an inside cabin. That's a I think a very fair observation, and you know, um, certainly anytime you're in a suite, things are going to be better. Uh, that being said, I think that the amount of time you spend in your room is still insignificant compared to the time you spend outside of it, and while we did spend a fair amount of time in our cabin, or we tried to, I felt like more often than not, we were out and about, and um, I, I really think that it still ho- holds up truly. When you're looking at Allure, um, I, I think if you're going to say the things that really need the update, obviously there's no water slides. If that's important to you, then, hey, that that's obviously going to be a problem. I think even if my kids were on board the cruise with us, 
I don't think they would have cared that much. The water slides are cool, except for the fact that usually there's a very long wait for them. And inevitably, I, I think they like doing it like once or twice, and then they're just kind of done with it because they don't want to wait in line, quite frankly. And it's something neat to do, not to mention we're lucky enough to have cruised a lot, so maybe it's not that important that we didn't need to spend like all day on the water slides. It's a cool thing, but it is what it is. Now, the fact that Allure still had an H2O zone was almost a nostalgic. I remember walking by, I'm like, oh yeah, this is what this thing looks like, right? This is the H2O zone was the precursor to Splashaway Bay. Uh, it's a very m colorful looking pool area. There isn't so much a climbing area, like you have a Splashaway Bay, which is like a giant, um, you know, a lot of things to climb on and little water slides. It's more of water features, right? So you've got geysers and sprays. There's no giant bucket, uh, but there is this rather large looking uh, tub in which you go around in a circle. It's basically, we call it, in our family, we call it the toilet bowl. I don't know if that's really the name of it. Probably not. But anyway, my point was is that it's kind of neat, something different. I mean, my kids haven't been in that kind of H2O zone pool for such a long time. I think they might actually like it because of the, uh, the fact that it's different. Um, but certainly you noticed it, and I certainly did, that it was not, you know, the same as Splash Away Bay. But you know what? The kids in there looked like they were having a good time. And, and I think truly the one area for kids that probably is the most noticeable and could benefit from the upgrades is the new Adventure Ocean. You know, with Royal Caribbean adding what I call it, they don't have a good name for it. They don't even make a distinction officially. But there's definitely Adventure Ocean 2.0 and 1.0. And Adventure, or excuse me, Allure has 1.0. Uh, Oasis has 2.0. Wonder has 2.0. Odyssey has 2.0. Navigator has 2.0. Um, it's this, they basically revamped it. And um, that is a big difference if you got kids. I, I really believe that it's it, it does stand out. So to give credit credit to do, you know, that that's certainly one area where I could say, okay, you know what? Yes, if I had the choice, I'd absolutely say this should definitely be upgraded there. But beyond that, if we if we skip the kids' areas, which is a part of it, this is family cruise line, and I am always looking for great options for my kids when we go on a cruise. Um, I, I I don't even think it's that big of a deal. But if you look beyond that, there is a lot of noticeable changes or lack thereof that really make the ship still really really nice. Uh, there's Samba Grill and Sabor, two specialty restaurant concepts that I have no doubt will be replaced whenever Alert of the Seas goes into dry dock. Uh, that being said, I think it's they're both great ideas. My first time at Samba Grill, absolutely liked it. I think it really stood out. In fact, the some of the meats we had at that restaurant were better than some of the meats we had at other restaurants on board the ship. The concept is cool. It wasn't very busy there at all. Sabor isn't what it used to be. I'm the first to admit that. I remember absolutely falling in love with Sabor when it first debuted on Navigator. And you know what? It, it's still good. It's not my favorite like it used to be. But hey, it's not bad. It's not terrible. It's not like they're just letting it go. It's just definitely a notch down from it. But that being said, we still had a great time. And, and I think the meals were great. 150 Central Park was fantastic. Central Park itself was great. The fact that you have the old Dazzles, the old Diamond Lounge, nice to have those kind of changes there. Up in the Sweet Lounge, I mean, and Coastal Kitchen, it looks exactly like it does on Oasis. I, I couldn't tell a difference, quite frankly. And then on the Promenade, you know, whether you're in the pub, whether you're in Boleros, whether you're in uh, the Schooner Bar, they all pretty much seem the same there. I, I just, I really like the Lure. I think for the price, considering that you'll probably find Allure significantly cheaper than other Oasis-class ships, unless you have your heart set on a particular feature that's on Oasis or Wonder, right? It, it really doesn't bother me at all. I mean, we went to, as an example, here's the thing I was just thinking about Wonder. You know, Wonder has the awesome Sweet Sun deck. I, and I'll be the first to tell you that it is superior to any other sweet area because it's not only just the Sun deck, it's the whole sweet neighborhood, right? 
deck 17 they've they've redone it it's uh more cohesive if you will and it really makes a big difference but we had a really nice time you know uh, in the sweet lounge and the fact we had to go up across the pool deck to the sweet deck area and found plenty of seating and actually one of the little it's not a cabana but it's like a, an area you can sit in a little private enclave there on the sweet sun deck was available it was great we really enjoyed in fact we only regretted we didn't go there earlier in the cruise you know um i i really enjoyed the ship uh mama mia was fantastic really really good it was great to see that show again uh the the cast did a great job we saw ocean area in the aqua theater and that was a great show good pacing to the show really enjoyed that and then you had the ice skating show uh the the games board games something games um, it was it was good. You know, it was enjoyable. It was it was it was a short show. Uh, it hit the high points and we really liked it. So, you know, we really enjoyed the cruise. I guess what I'm just trying to tell everybody is if you're going on Allure of the Seas, I think the I, I don't agree with the notion that it's tired and re- needs a refurbishment desperately or it's going to be a problem if you're going on it. I, I just don't see it. I, I really don't. I mean, that being said, I think, you know, ships like Mariner are fantastic and I love going on Brilliance. So maybe I have different expectations than everybody else. And ultimately, this is very much subjective, right? One person's uh, view of a cruise ship is going to be different than another's. But I, I think given the value that you have when you are looking at a ship like Allure compared to other Oasis-class ships, especially when Allure goes into Galveston uh, beginning in November of this year, and starts offering cruises there, I think it's going to be a very compelling choice. So if you're looking at it and say, well, Matt, I'm looking at Allure, it's $100 cheaper than going on Harmony or Wonder. You know, is this a mistake? Am I, I've read negative reviews about it. Ignore all those things. You'll have a great time on Allure. Cruise great. Whole ship is wonderful. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. So I just wanted to share that with all of you as an addendum to last week's episode. All right, let's answer your listener emails. This is the part of the episode where I dive into the email inbox and answer questions you have sent me. If you want to send me your email, you can always send it to matt at royalcomingblog.com. Matt, M-E-T-T, at royalcomingblog.com. Our first email is from Sue Taylor from Florida. Hi, Matt. Just listen to your blog about your second trip on Mariner this season. My friend and I were on the same cruise. We've cruised on Royal Caribbean several times and thoroughly have enjoyed every cruise except this recent one. We love them having dinner in the main dining room. However, three nights in the dining room were made miserable by undisciplined children. I was shocked at the behavior some parents tolerate from their kids. I'm not one to complain, but I'm more upset with myself for not asking to be moved to another table. We ate in a different area of the main dining room at 6.30 each night and had miserable dinner experiences three of those nights. I'll give you one example of the behavior we were subjected to. We were seated beside a family of seven, two grandparents, two parents, two children, 12 or younger, and a three-year-old, I assume, little boy. The boy stood in his nicely padded chair, clanging two knives together, yelling, want to fight? Until his food was delivered. I'm laughing because I wasn't there. No one said anything to him. No one around us asked to be moved, and I was hesitant to say anything either. In this day and time, no one never one never knows who you may encounter. After arriving home, I realized that children 12 years old and yonder were sailing for free. So that explains why I observed many families of four or more on board the cruise. I also came to the conclusion that the parents tolerate this misbehavior of their children because it seems easier than teaching them to have the respect for others around them. I love cruising, but it'll be a long time before I book another one. Thanks to your podcast and blog, I find them very informative and enjoyable. I will tell you this, and Sue, listen, I've got, I'm a parent of two kids, and they are below the age of 12, 11, and 7. Uh-huh. And this particular child that you're talking about, this incident, that's unexcusable. That's bad parenting, and I agree with you on that one. There's no excuse. I would never let my children stand on a chair, clang knives together, and and yell. I wouldn't let them stand on the chair. I certainly wouldn't let them yell, uh, clang knives together. 
and I certainly wouldn't let them yell. This is it's laziness or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, that's on the parents, not on Royal Caribbean, Sue. And I'd also add, you know, of course, Royal Caribbean is a family cruise line. So the fact that you happen to go on a sailing that that was included for kids sail free, I'm gonna say Sue, irrelevant. Um, you're gonna have kids on any single sailing you're going on. It's just it's Royal Caribbean, not Holland America, not Princess, not some other cruise line that kids don't go on. Cunard, right? Um, it's a family cruise line, always has been. So there's always gonna be some amount of children. I was just on alert of the seas. There were 600 kids on board. I was actually surprised there was that many. I was like, don't you kids have school? My kids have school. Anyway, so from that perspective, you shouldn't look at it. But I do agree in situations like that where it's a problem. Now, what would you do in that situation? Boy, I agree. The last thing I want to do is a confrontation. Um, I, I don't know that I would have said anything to the parent. I don't know that even putting the crew member in the middle of it would have made a lot of sense. I might have complained perhaps to the head waiter. And to your point, maybe asking to move somewhere else. But it sounds like you were in my time dining, and that would have been more your roll of the dice. Who knows? You got one kid there, one kid there. Um, I've been seeing plenty of times in which, you know, adults who have had too much to drink have been annoying. So, it, you know, it, it goes both ways. I'm sorry to hear that that was the problem for you, Sue. My advice is this isn't commonplace. I, it sounds like you've cruised a fair amount of times to know that this isn't the norm. And more often than not, you're not going to have children standing on a chair, clanging knives together, yelling, want to fight. Um, you know, it, it's just... That's bad luck, and unfortunately, you know, I, I would hope that parents would do a better job of parenting their own kids, because I certainly would never let my kids do that, but, you know, that's how life goes sometimes, so. Sorry to hear that, Soup. Thanks for sharing your email, though. Do appreciate it. Hopefully, this email, or my response to your email, rather, will help you out a little bit. Next is an email from Rob from New Jersey. We're doing a cruise out of Baltimore in December, and one of the stops is in Nassau. Uh, we'd like to go back to Atlantis for the day, but with a family of six, paying for the Royal Caribbean excursion is pretty expensive. I've heard of people booking a room at a neighbor hotel that can also use the water park and just go check in and use the room. This is more of a hassle than it's worth. You still have to get there somehow. Also, I've heard that sometimes it can be a little cooler in December in the Bahamas, and I have no need to pay for a crazy excursion like this and then have to be too cold to enjoy. If I do book the Royal Caribbean, can I cancel it? The day of the weather isn't the nicest. Ah, great question. So, um... You cannot cancel the day of because of the weather. That's not, They're not going to allow that. You need at least, I believe, 48 hours before to cancel. And an excuse that it's too cold is not an excuse for a refund, Rob. You can cancel. You're not getting your money back. Um, so that's number one. Number two, the hotel hack theoretically works. I think it still works. The problem with the hotel hack is, among other things, um, it's not as good as it once was. Back in the day, it was very lucrative because some of the neighbor hotels, like there was like a Comfort Inn, I think, which is still there was like really cheap and now when you put it you have to put in the amount of people you can't book it for like you know oh i'm here by myself and i also need like eight bands um you're gonna end up paying it's gonna end up being almost a wash and going through royal caribbean is pretty much be better because they don't have to worry about transportation and other things I, I honestly think here's my other here's my suggestion to you rob number one the uh atlantis is lovely i have nothing against atlantis as a resort i do think it's extremely expensive so uh, my advice to you is actually look at an alternative. There's wonderful new options for water parks uh, that you can purchase through resortforaday.com. This is not through Royal Caribbean, but I really like them quite a bit. I think they do a great job with it, and I would recommend uh, resortforaday.com. You can go to the Baja Mar. You can go to Margaritaville Resort. Uh, there's uh, the Warwick Hotel. And they, they're not obviously, well, the, the Baja Mar is somewhat comparable to Atlantis. I mean, not everything's going to be the same as Atlantis, but you might have a much better time at a much lower price in case the weather isn't so hot. You know, when it comes to December, um, generally speaking, it's still pretty warm in the Bahamas. I feel like you don't start getting the really cooler weather down there until maybe January. But hey, you know, one cold front comes through and that's it. But there's no way to know ahead of time, Rob. So I plan on it for being, you know, temperate. And if it ends up being a little chilly, 
well, you'll enjoy a nice day by the beach. So you'll still have a good time, just in a different way. So thanks for the email there. Appreciate it. Next uh, question is from our one of our very good friends. And uh, boy, Chris, I'm, I, I know you've told me eight times how to pronounce your name. Chris Arecadaria, I think I got that right. Uh, hi, Matt. My family and I just got back from an eight-night Southern Caribbean cruise on Explorer of the Seas. Overall, it was a great cruise. The cruise was friendly. Shout out to Ace from South Philly. He was great. We also had a great itinerary of Labadee, La Romana, Curacao, and Aruba. Everything was great. This is our first cruise back since before the pandemic. And we were excited for it after almost three years. I'm the person that always asks the weird questions. Here we go. Like I mentioned earlier, the crew on board was great. And I'm curious to know, does the blogger podcast ever cover which crew members are currently on what ship? Maybe not so much the wait staff or room attendants, although they're great too. But for me, I kind of established with the cruise directors and the captains and I've always love to cross paths with them on multiple ships. There are only so many of them working for Royal Caribbean, so just curious if there's anything like that on the blog or if that's even possible. And one last thing, here going on a cruise out of Galveston, once you've landed in Houston, make sure to stop at Bucky's to load up on snacks before the cruise. Chris, thanks for the email. Actually, uh, regarding Bucky's, they've opened up, uh, I think there's two locations now in Florida. And one's in Daytona, so I don't have to go all the way to Texas for that, but thank you for the recommendation there. In terms of the, uh, the cruise directors and captains, um, Royal Caribbean does not publish information, so it's purely up to guests like you or myself to publish that information or share that info. There is or was a running thread of cruise directors on the Royal Caribbean blog message boards. Um, I don't know if people are still updating it all that much. Unfortunately, it's just, it's very difficult to know without somebody actually going on the cruise ship itself and, you know, reporting, hey, such as so-and-so is on board or uh, so-and-so is going to, you know, be off the ship by, you know, uh, this date or something like that. It, it, it's it's very difficult or more difficult than it sounds. It requires a lot of people to, you know, keep track of it, which is, um, you know, a little more work than you might think. Um, so the answer, the short answer is no, there's not a... Um, a recurring option there other than the message boards, which is pretty much your, your only option right now. As always, Chris, thank you for the email. I do appreciate it. Next is an email from Eugene Pierce of St. Louis, Missouri, sailing on Harmony of the Seas. I'm currently booked in a junior suite on Harmony. If I'm successful with the Royal Up, I get my request of one bedroom suite. Will I receive the Sky Class benefits to come with the upgrade, or am I still considered C Class since my original reservation is in a junior suite? Uh, you will get all the Sky Class benefits. Yeah, you're good on that. Am I treated on board as if I book Sky Class suite on my own? Does the concierge know I'm a fraud? <laughs> no, they don't. I mean, maybe they know you're a fraud, but you get all the benefits. They don't care. Um, the only difference would have been, this doesn't apply to you, Eugene. If you had booked a balcony room, non-suite, and then you move up to Sky Class, you would have only gotten one point per night. That's the only difference. Otherwise, they really don't care. Uh, thanks for all the great help you provide. By the way, you have an amazing voice. I'd listen to you read the phone book. Well, in that case, A. Aronson at 173 Houston Street. <laughs> thanks, Eugene. Appreciate it, buddy. And uh, yeah, you'll have no problem at all going up there. They won't. I mean, like maybe they know you did a rail up, but beyond that, that's where it, that it's all where it ends and, and you're good to go on, on that front. Next email is from Preston. We're planning another cruise and wanted a recommendation from you. We've narrowed down the search to two different cruises, Independence versus Freedom of the Sea. Same date, same stop, same price. What would you pick? Out of the Freedom class, we've been on Liberty Navigator, so both ships have been will be new to us. We always get the unlimited dining package and enjoy shows and other entertainment if that makes a difference. I would definitely lean towards Freedom of the Seas. Freedom was more, more recently refurbished. Uh, she is very similar to Independence, but the fact that they have the new Giovanni's Italian kitchen, to me, makes it worthwhile. Independence does have Grease, the Broadway musical, whereas Freedom has no Broadway musical, if that really matters. 
Uh, another issue is, of course, you know, how you're going to get to, you say it's the same price. Uh, I'm not sure how you're getting to Miami versus Port Canaveral, but something else to consider. But other than that, no, I mean, if they're all being equal, all, all things the same, I'd probably lean towards Freedom simply because Freedom was more recently refurbished. So the I feel like the facilities, the, the changes on there, just a little bit better than Independence of the Seas. Again, relative, if you're booked on Independence of the Seas and you're looking to your spouse saying, oh my goodness, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have booked this cruise. I told you. No, it's, it's really not bad at all. You'll have a great time on it. I'm going on Independence of the Seas. Actually, it's coming Friday. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is on this one. Uh, although a lot of that has to do with the fact that Indy's cruise out of Port Canaveral, not so much a reflection on, of you know, my opinions of freedom of the seas, but I will say I do enjoy Independence and going back on her again. So there you go. I'm not sure that makes you feel any better about it. But uh, thank you for the email. Next email is from... Uh, didn't put their name here. Good evening. My husband and myself are taking groups for the first time and would like to participate in theme nights. It would help if we know how to dress for them. Good question. So the answer is, and I don't know why they don't do this, but Royal Caribbean does not publish the information in advance. Your best bet is to find a past cruise company. So you go to Royal Caribbean's website and you go, I'm sorry, go to Royal Caribbean blog.com. Don't go to Royal Caribbean's website. Go to Royal Caribbean blog.com. In our main menu, there's a link that says cruise compass. Click on that and find the ship and itinerary you're doing. So if this is for Preston, you're looking for a three-night Freedom of the Seas cruise compass some, somewhat recently in the last year or so, and there's of which there are many. And it will say in the cruise compass from the past cruise what to expect. You know, day one is probably casual. Day two is formal night, or they call it something different. Dress your best, right? Uh, and you can see the, the, the themes that are there. I am going to make a bold statement. Um, to some, uh, Friday, fr uh, formal night, yeah, or dress your best, basically dress nicer. People do adhere to that. There's, I, I say most people, especially in the dining room, will follow. There'll be people who won't, but I say, I think I'll go as far as say the majority of people will follow it. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and if you're on a, just generally speaking, if you're on a cruise five nights or less, you'll have one formal night, almost always night two. If you have a cruise six nights or longer, you'll have two formal nights, usually night two, and then whatever sea day you've got uh, towards the end there. Um, that being said, beyond formal night versus not formal night, okay, now we're talking like things like Caribbean night, white hot party night, which I don't remember seeing anymore, 70s party, 80s party, it doesn't matter. Um, this is my bold statement. Nobody dresses up for these things. And I blame Royal Caribbean number one because they don't advertise it. How could you possibly know? As, as hard as I try here at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com to advertise that we have the cruise conferences, most people don't know about it. I mean, major unfortunately, a majority of people on the ship don't read RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So there's really no way for them to know in advance. And we were on Allure, and it was 70s night, and there were like, I don't know, 20 people that dressed up for it? I'm probably over-exaggerating or under-exaggerating. Like, it might have been more than that. But it wasn't like half the ship. It wasn't like formal night. It wasn't anything remotely resembling that. I remember seeing one family uh, like an hour before 70 Nights began on the promenade, and it was like, it just seemed like very nicely dressed up. It's a bad place. <laughs> you're, you're wearing 70s clothes. It's not the 70s anymore. You know, it's kind of like the Brady Bunch. Um, and then later on, it was fine. I mean, they had a good time. And hey, that's how you want to cruise. More power to you. That's awesome. I'm here to tell you, number one, if you're if you have some fear that you're going to get on board the ship and... It's going to be 70s night and you're the weirdos not dressed up. No, don't worry about it. Nobody dresses up there. My bold statement is don't worry about it. If it's really important to you, like, you know what, Matt? I would like to dress up for 70s night or I'd like to dress up for 80s night or Caribbean night. Because you know what? A, a, a 
a palm tree t-shirt or, or dress shirt or palm dress sounds amazing to me. I love that idea. It's fun. I'm on vacation. Great. Then do it what I said earlier. Go to the cruise compass section of royalcommonblog.com and, and get it over there. But if you're a new cruiser, you're not sure what to expect or anything like that, don't worry about it at all. Just form one night. That's kind of important. And everything else is kind of secondary. And by secondary, I mean, you can just ignore it. I don't even pay any attention to that stuff anymore because it's so poorly advertised. I wish they would do more. If they did more with it, really made a difference and you saw a lot of people dressing up similar to um if you've ever cruised or will cruise on disney cruise line they have pirate night there and like a lot of people do that because the cruise line makes a big deal about it letting people know about it so a lot of people do dress up and in that situation i would say yes it'd probably behoove you to dress up like a pirate but on royal caribbean for caribbean night and 70s night eh, that's what i say on that so thank you for letting me go off on a long tangent there and our last email is from Rosie from Montreal. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you for all the information you provide. I wasn't really motivated to listen to the podcast during the worst periods of the pandemic because of being from Montreal in Canada. We experienced a huge shutdown, curfews, and absolutely no cruises. Now, I'm almost up to date with your podcast that I missed in 2021. Thankfully, we're back on track. We just came back from a nine-day cruise on adventure this season in August and have two cruises booked for next year. My husband and I travel alone. Eventually, we'll drag our grandsons with us, but for now, it's just us two. We're diamond level. My question is pertaining to the benefits of getting a suite. I know one of the main advantages of getting double points is every night, but which would help us get a diamond plus in four cruises instead of eight, but I'm not sure it's worth it if that's the only advantage. We do take advantage of the four drinks per day with the two bottles of wine we bring on board. It's usually enough for a seven or even a nine day cruise. We get our specialty coffees in the diamond lounge for breakfast or anytime we need, have an, a need an espresso for a quick pick me up during the day. We also bring 12 bottles of water on board, which is usually enough for the duration of the cruise. Also, we take advantage of the two free days of Wi-Fi and sometimes by extra days since we need to be available for family. Sorry for rambling on, but considering that we take advantage of most of what's offered as a Diamond member, we're wondering what the benefits would be if we took a junior suite or anything higher. I do have another very important question. What exactly is a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise and how do we get on it? Thanks for everything you do. Loyal to Royal Oasis class is the best. Rosie, thanks for the email. So, um... I'm going to, basically, your question is interesting because you say, is the suite worth it? And you're looking at it not from, in my, based on this email, you're not looking at it from, oh, you know, are the amenities that you get in the suite worthwhile? You're looking at it purely from your crown and anchor status. And the answer to your question, if you're looking at that perspective, no, it's not. Chasing status for, I, I don't think it's worthwhile. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to purely book cruises or more specifically rooms in order to attain status. Diamond is great. Diamond Plus is lovely. Um, it's not that much of a difference from Diamond Plus to Diamond. I, I, I would love to have, I mean, trust me, Diamond Plus is better than Diamond by definition, but it's not like, you know, Rosie, you need to, you know, book another cruise in order to get to Diamond Plus faster. I think quite frankly, it's a mistake to go about it that way. So if you're looking at purely as, should I book suites in order to move up to Crown and Anchor faster? I would say absolutely not. I think you're wasting your money. Unless, of course, it was like a nominal difference, Rosie. Like if you were paying, whatever you're paying for a balcony and the cost for a junior suite was like, you know, $100 per day total. Okay, you can make that argument, right? Where you get a really good deal on a suite, like a full suite, like a grand suite or something like that. Sure. Okay. You know, splurge. Uh, enjoy it. But not for the not for the Crown and Anchor points, you know, generally speaking. Now, if you're saying, well, Matt, I'd, I'd really like to get a suite so I can, you know, enjoy the finer things in life and spend more time in the suite lounge and, um, you know, have a suite area for myself and the services of the concierge, not because it's cheap, but because I just enjoy those kinds of things in my life and I'm willing to, you know, splurge a little bit more and spend a little bit more to get those things. 
Well, hey, there's there's a whole different conversation we can have about that. But it doesn't sound like that's what we're talking about. And for purely the reasons of getting points, I don't think it's worthwhile, especially since you're already at Diamond. Now, if you're saying, well, Matt, what if I'm at like Emerald? Should I be booking suites in order to get up there faster? I'd still say no, it's not worthwhile unless you can get a steal of a deal deal. And then when it comes to suites in general, unless it, it's kind of like, you know, um, if you know, when you go to like a Ferrari dealership or something like that, and you have to, you have to ask the price and you're not the market for that. You're not the kind of customer for them, if that makes sense. Um, same similar idea in the sense that not that people who book suites don't look at the price, but, um, you know, you, you're probably better off staying with where you are getting great value out of your cruises by still booking non-suites and eventually making your way up to the diamond status, just like Rosie did. I wouldn't recommend necessarily just simply buy booking any suite you can find at any price you can get purely for the reason of moving up to diamond faster. I, I don't think it's worthwhile. I don't think there's any, there's that much value. There is value, but not that much value in getting to diamond, certainly not any faster. So uh, I wouldn't chase status purely for that unless you can get a steal of a deal price. Sometimes you look at the prices and you're like, wow, you know, um, a, a junior suite is like barely any more than a balcony, right? Okay, in that situation, sure. That's a great idea. It's a great time to book it. And side benefit, you get extra points. In terms of your last question, what is a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise? How do we get on it? Basically, a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise is a regular Royal Caribbean sailing, which I invite all of you, like you, Rosie, to come join me for it. So we do two a year. And the idea is that what's better than a Royal Caribbean cruise? A Royal Caribbean cruise with friends. And that's what I consider each and every one of you. So I invite all of you to join us on a group cruise and you book the cruise, uh, well, essentially the same way as anybody else. It's not like we book out, book up the ship. It's a regular sailing. But um, if you book through our travel agent at, Emmy, at MEI Travel, uh, there are certain benefits and amenities we get. There's usually uh, events every day, special access stuff, little giveaways. Um, we try to make it a little special for everybody who books into our group with MEI Travel because of course, by booking with MEI, you're supporting our sponsor and they love to support us here at realcreamblog.com. So it goes both ways. It's a very, very helpful thing there. So for more information, Rosie, about this, all you have to do is go to realcreamblog.com slash events realcreamblog.com slash events for more information about how uh, you can learn more about uh, a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. And hopefully, Rose, you can join us for it because uh, je peux parler un peu... Uh, wait, moment. Je peux parler un peu de français avec vous. Avec vous? Avec vous? Uh, quand tu cruise? I don't know what the verb for cruise is. Avec nous dans une Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. J'espère que tu... Uh, allez en Royal Caribbean. <laughs> I just want to say that. Avec nous someday. All right, there you go. There's my very, very bad, very bad French as I realized that I am terribly out of practice on this. But <laughs> thank you, Rosie, for the email. Thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. If you can send me an email, or if I have a, oh my goodness, if I can answer a question that you have about Royal Caribbean, please feel free to send in your email by sending it to Matt, M-A-C-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.